I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> I'm Nolly Waterman. I'm Laura Jane Jones. And this is the Try Hards Podcast. This week on the podcast, we will be reviewing the Six Nations games that took place on the weekend. Chatting a little bit about what we've been up to. And at the end, we'll have nominations for our Try Hard of the Week. Episode two! Yippee! We made it! Welcome, friends. Thank you to everybody for the support last week since the launch. We've had lots of love. Loads of love. Hat tip to uh, Brett Gosper, head of World Rugby. No big deal. You've got the cheesiest grin ever. And also, um, all of LJ's mates in Wales. I think that's all of our subscribers. Yeah. And my brothers. There we go. Yeah, big thanks to the, uh, the two Waterman boys who've listened. So we know at least... At least 20 people have listened, so <laughs> it's definitely shown that there is an appetite for women to talk about rugby, so thank you very much to those of us who've sent encouraging words. We haven't been trolled yet, so there's still time. Let's see how episode two goes. What have you been up to? Um, all right, Welshy. Lovely. Um, I've had quite a busy week, actually. Um, was off to Monaco. Lots of glitz and glamour last weekend. No big deal. Um, yeah, it was like awesome um over there with laureus for the sports awards and one of the best bits was i was supporting sneakers for good which meant i got to wear trainers rather than high heels on the red carpet i know bargain um and and match with your boyfriend which was my favorite thing about it that you wore the same trainers (sighs) cute bless us um thanks for bringing that up anyway (laughs) um yeah they like it was very star-studded like a little bit surreal to be honest being around breakfast with arsene wenger and uh, who else was in there? Well, you texted me to tell me that Kathy Freeman had smiled at you. Yeah, well, she's a legend, right, isn't she? Um, she's one of my first Olympic memories, her dashing around the track in her suit. Body suit. Yeah. Unreal. Um, so, yeah, that was really cool. And actually, one of the most special parts of being there was meeting a group of girls from Ewa, which is a football charity in India. Um, and they're part of a school. And actually, the four girls there are coaches Um that helped deliver this, the programme and just super, super inspiring. So I'm not going to go on about it because I think they will tell their story and Laureus will tell their story much better. So go check it out. So yeah, they were Is like, that why really you cool. ended up with henna all up your ass? <laughs> oh, 
What was embarrassing, anyone that knows me knows that my hands are a little bit like pygmy trolls. Absolutely horrendous. (laughs) I'm tempted to take a photo and put it on our Instagram, which is at Tryhards Podcast, because I've got a beautifully set of manicured nails. No, you've got, you've got trotters. shut her hand in the door. Um, (sighs) (laughs) You're such a so mean anyway i don't have the nicest of hands so the lady they um so the guys and loris were like oh um you know nolly get you get your hands done i was like all right no worries but then forgetting that i'd actually have to have my hand out in front of everyone and i do bite my nails it's one of the worst things that you can do um but i do i have done since i was a kid and um had to sit there and to be fair the lady was awesome she was really lovely um primary school deputy head actually really? uh, yeah anyway really interesting um so i had all green stuff on my hand um and looked very it looked great it did look cool um hopefully disguised the fact that i don't have nice hands anyway let's move on so that was monaco um i then did a bit of coaching oh, with yeah? uh, wasp center of excellence or the under 18 girls that's always cool enjoy that um and then did a bit of training myself um did watched... you go and watch wasps too on the weekend I yeah saw on your Insta. yeah yeah no I was there so we trained in the morning and then supported the girls in the afternoon um and they did really well and um what was even better was I had a pint of shandy after oh, training lush. I know I was like this is retired life might have had a bag of crisps as well I, you actually <laughs> didn't disguise those very well in the picture that I saw well I just I didn't want to make a massive deal of the crisps but I thought I'll just show you them enjoy there. it exactly what, what flavor did you go for I had salt and vinegar. I was with Claire Purdy. She had a cheese and onion. I'm with Purds on that. That's what I would have gone for. Um, So that was cool. And they did really well. And actually, I think, deserved shout out to Gemma Rowlands. Yeah. Yeah. Friend of the Jones family, in fact. Do you all know each other? Like everyone I've spoken about, you're like, she's my next door neighbour. Well, Gem actually um, decided that she was going to get a load of her shirts made into a patchwork quilt. And that's what my mum does. So Gem sent her shirts off there. If you go on Gemma's um, Instagram, they're on there. To be fair, I have seen them and they are. It's really cool because I think she's got all her army. Is it army? As army. Well as, she's well. got sevens ones in there, whales ones in there. There's some wasp stuff in there. Um, and my mum is actually ex Air Force, so she loved the is fact she? that she, yeah. So she, both my parents are, and she loved the fact that she got to put all of these kind of poppy decked jerseys from all of the amazing like memorial matches and stuff that Gemma's played in. So I think it's probably one of her favourite things she's ever made. So yeah, that was my uh, week, and then um, and part of my weekend, and then the other part was going up to Manchester, and I did the BBC highlights for the men's Six Nations with which, Jiffy. Yeah. Um, absolute legend and John Inverdale did have a bit of a weird moment when I was sat in the green room and we were watching the Italy Island game all together and I was like this is all a bit odd but um, they're super fun everyone up there were were great they really looked after me it was the first thing that I've done in terms of live tv um analyzing the men's like that um so I felt very honored to be there but um yeah had fun did okay Wore a great shirt, so... Green. I told you to wear green. <laughs> yeah, so all good. And you've been busy doing... Yeah, do you know what? It's too. funny. Whilst you were doing the highlight show for BBC Network, I was at Scrum 5 at BBC Wales, and I actually felt so starstruck as well because Scott Gibbs was on the sofa, and it's 20 years this year since he scored that infamous try at Wembley when Wales beat England 32-31, denied them the Grand Slam and gifted Scotland the uh, the tournament. And I actually just couldn't speak to him. I just found it really like, 
like he's very much an icon of when I was growing up and I very much I'm a massive Lions fan and the 97 documentary I've probably watched 500 times and you know don't don't make out that you're just a Lions fan you're literally super fan in terms of rugby yeah you're literally I think genuinely the biggest female stato I know cheers Wales defeated England there's only one game that we can start with isn't there I actually thought that Italy did really well. Oh, shut up! (laughs) I was there on Saturday. Well, in Italy. (laughs) You're so funny. To be fair, the game was on Sunday anyway. Um, All right, well done, Wales. Um, To be fair, they deserved the victory. Um, Well, for the last 20 minutes, Dan Bigger turned it around, didn't he? Um, They weathered the storm for, for 60. But I think... As an England fan, I, I genuinely, I actually don't even think as an England fan, I think, you know, if you're honest, you would have said that probably England would have taken that. Oh, I, you know, I 100% game. thought that England were going to win the game and I I had bet on England to win it. Um, I made the mistake of telling Martin Williams that pre-match and he told me you never bet against Wales um, and he was right and I was quite happy he was, but I think it was definitely a surprise. Um, were you surprised with how well Wales played at the end of the match and how they weathered the storm of England early doors and their tactics or was it more a case of did England lose the game or did Wales win it I guess I actually think that England lost because there is no way at half time and you even if you reflect back on the half time chat from everyone that was in the studio so that's including Sam Warburton and Martin Williams I think Martin Johnson and Jeremy Guscott Jeremy Guscott were there and even they were like well you know, this is going to be England's. Um, and I think there's probably a couple of turning points just before half term, uh, half term, <laughs> half time. I don't even have children. Why is that on my mind? Um, ben Kay made that mistake in some of his analysis. <laughs> um, uh, just before half time, England had penalty advantage and they kicked it away. And I think that if they had concentrated in that moment and not been so kind of nonchalant about potentially giving away possession, 17-3 is a very, very different scoreline to 10-3. And also being on the receiving end of that, you know that you've got to be whiter than white when you're on your try line. You ha- even, like, even more so if a team capitalises on it, if you give away that yeah. like penalty. And, you know, the last 20 minutes from Wales, they had two penalty advantages in terms of, like, right on the try line, yeah. and they took them. Yeah. Um, and fair play, I mean, a brilliant skill set from Dan Bigger, especially the cross field to Josh Allen. I mean, yeah. Ridiculous. Um, in terms of, look how much you're smiling. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, no, it was good. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think well, most I think people thought that England were going to take it, and I think they did lose it. There was something else that well, you they did, actually, clearly. They did, they did lose it. <laughs> they definitely lost it. Uh, 74,000 people in the Principality Stadium, in fact, c- celebrated them losing it. Um, one thing you actually said to me yesterday, we had a little chat about this, um, was you talked about an incident or a moment with Alan Wynn. And this is something else that I thought was really interesting. I haven't heard anyone else mention this. Yeah, so... Um, 
I thought it was really it was fascinating in the in the match build up. Um, there was a piece on Alan Wynne Jones and Owen Farrell, and it said like, "What type of captain are you?" Um, and Alan Wynne was, you know, said he he leads with his heart, and but you know you have to have a bit of your head in there as well. And Owen Farrell gave a bit more of a, you know, you have, you need both. Um, but yeah, there was a moment. Um, Wales were putting a whole heap of pressure on um, England's try line. In fact, I think that they'd got to a point where they were about like half a metre from England's try line and Alan Wynne was stood um, at guard position, so right up by the breakdown. I don't know what happened, but he ended up pushing Owen Farrell back over the breakdown. Now, the space that he left offensively, Jack Knoll and a group of the England boys picked and went into and then they were able to clear their lines and I think not long after that, Johnny May did his clearance kick and they got down into yeah. the Welsh um, 22. And I suppose the mo- I actually think that moments like that are the ones that Warren Gatlin is going to earn his dollar on when mm-hmm. he looks at, back at the game and reflect because potentially in a World Cup quarterfinal, semifinal, final, if you are that close to someone's try line, you have to um, capitalise yeah. on maybe not scoring, but creating a really good attacking position from an exit. So whether the exit is off the field or um, into a counter-attack. Um, and it's, it is a small moment and there was lots of them throughout the game and loads of chat about Carl Sinclair. Um, and I suppose that's the other side for me. He stupidly gave away two penalties, which led to, um, I think it ended up as 9-10. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, it's disappointing to see him like that, but you have him on the field because he is abrasive. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen, and this is a World Cup, moment for me in terms of learning to see Owen Farrell as the captain as the leader behind the posts having a word with him and then Kyle changing his attitude and turning it around to a positive as opposed to the shepherd's crook that came yeah so Eddie Jones basically steps in over above Owen Farrell and takes him straight off the field now that actually changed the dynamic as a fan watching on tv and I don't know what it was like in the stadium Everyone booed. Oh, well, the noise that went up when Sinclair went off was So you've double-fueled the Welsh crowd and the Welsh team because they know how much damage Carl Sinclair can do. He's, he'd completed 20 tackles. He'd carried people. He'd absolutely, you know, he, sorry, not carried people. He'd carried the ball hard. Um, probably did carry people as well. Yeah. He's, he's a bit of a fridge. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it took away the leadership opportunity for Owen Farrell to turn this player around. It meant that Carl Sinclair left the field in an agitated, frustrated state. It fueled the Welsh crowd. And finally, poor old Harry Williams having to go onto the field with the mindset yeah. of, well, Carl's just given away two penalties. I need to be whiter than white. Now, yeah. Harry Williams is quite a consistent player and he's not the type of person that would, you know, that he's very different. But that's also a hard, you know, potentially yeah. a message is coming through with the manager that's sending you on. Go on and settle down. He's going on at nine ten. Do you know what I mean? Like, and also there's lots of going things. on and scrummaging very quickly after going on. And as soon as you break, you change the dynamic off front rows. Referees are more likely to give penalties against you because you're all of a sudden, if there is a problem, you've caused the problem. Is often the assumption by refs, and I think paper is often responsible for that as a referee. So that must have been a huge amount of pressure on his shoulders. I think, to be honest, the scrums and lineups and stuff, you expect it because there's always a break in play. So as a front row player, you're probably going yeah. on into a set piece. So, like, um, he actually went on at the restart. But I think the hardest thing, genuinely, and this probably leads on to 
a part of the Welsh game that needs to improve, well, has to improve, um, is the line-out. And when a hooker comes on and then the, li- the line-out caller calls a back ball, I just think it's so brutal yeah. that they've got to absolutely ping their um, their technical skill um, when you've got the, like, adrenaline of just literally arriving onto the field. Um, that's pretty tough and you see see some good uh do you think it's quite good sobering, mental strength sobering for wales fans it, you know a great victory over england the only team on for a grand slam but the reality is we're in a world cup year no line out no william webb ellis trophy um and i agree um i think not only is it a really good attacking platform so the french women were renowned for years the ireland women were renowned for years the, the only way ireland scored against us i think for about 10 years was through a driving line out and not yeah so it's an attacking weapon to drive from for, to attack from because of the space in terms of the outside backs but also it takes away a huge um it, it creates a momentum shift from a defensive perspective and a penalty perspective if mm-hmm. you know a team has got a really good driven line out. Yeah. Now, Wales only gave away three penalties. Mm-hmm. I think that they've gone into that. That's a massive focus because yeah. you've got back rowers that love to tip the edge. So Tipperick, um, Navidi, they, they want to play on the edge. However, they weren't given... Two of the penalties were, like, dubious. Absolutely. Um, and so... They know that don't give away penalties because Owen Farrell will slot the kick, so that's yeah. three points, or they'll kick to the corner, driving line out, and that's potentially five or seven points. Yeah. Um, so it, with Wales not having a good line out, it means that you can potentially pressurise their game that m- much more. Um, and also you're willing to further up the field, you're willing to kick the ball out like we saw and then attack their, their line out from a defensive perspective. So, yeah, I think they definitely need to improve that. Um but how you know it was a good win for them, and I think that Warren Gatlin, um, it's kind of one nil to him from a coaching perspective over Eddie Jones. Not necessarily because of the ro- uh, result, but because of the tactics and yeah. how he prepared his team. Does that mean I think he's a better coach? Well, no. Hopefully, you'll now see a much improved Eddie Jones. Um, and that's why the Six Nations is such a valuable tool because of the learnings that coaches can have as much as the players. I guess a really interesting point on that is that when you won the World Cup in 2014, you hadn't won the Six Nations that year. Well, we did win it, but we didn't win the, with Sorry, the Grand Slam. Sorry, you didn't slam. Grand Slam the Six Nations that no, year. No, um, I actually only played in the last game. I'd been out injured, so I came back via the Sevens route um, and played Italy away. What's great is I came back and came back because it's the last game I had a bit of a party um <laughs> however I was the only one that didn't have a drink because I was off to sevens again a couple of weeks later um but yeah I think I actually don't think that it's going to be a grand slam this year I think it will be um by points and that's where potentially England might win by points but yeah. the players this year you know it is great and you do focus on it and the Six Nations is so so important to the international calendar but fundamentally, what will 2019 be remembered by? It's not the Six Nations, it's the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a quick word on the um, women's fixture for Wales-England. Now, going into it, um, I certainly was, if I wasn't confident that Wales were going to win the men's game, the women's game, I was very concerned for the Welsh side. But actually, uh, they scored their first try of this tournament and their first points against England in two years. They did. And I think they've got to take the 
wins that they can from that fixture. Um, we've been hugely dominant. Interestingly, one of the girls texted me actually and said that it was a harder fixture than we had two years ago. So when I played over at um, okay. Cardiff Arms Park, um, got massive black eye in that game. Did you? I think it was Rachel Taylor. Yeah, took me out oh, on the side. On, like, interestingly... <laughs> I don't know whether it's interesting. We can tell. Someone can tell us when they've listened to the pod. Um, So it was when they were like introducing, obviously, the HIAs and that type of thing. And they were pretty, um, obviously, they're important. I knew that like my head was okay, but she just smashed my face. And um, the physio came over to me, Amanda uh, with England, and and the referee came over. And they were like, are you okay? Like looking at me and asking me. But I'd just been need in the the foof. (laughs) And I've never, so I actually just said it as it was. And the referee was so embarrassed. I can't remember who it was. I was like, okay, okay, cool. Male referee. Um, I think it was. I, oh. to be like, yeah. Um, it was just really funny. And so both of them were like, and Amanda, bless her, our physio, was like, um, do you want some ice? I was like, no, you're right. Oh, <laughs> anyway, goodness. yeah, I, yeah. Uh, that was quite painful, but I had a great crack in black eye. But moving on from my experience <laughs> with Wales over there, um, I think, uh, England, really good performance, very dominant. Um, they were always going to be in terms of the physicality. Um, however, Sarah Byrne, um, player of the match, was just a different level. Oh, unbelievable. Um, you could and see she her, her form of days as a back row there, couldn't you? Yeah, like she she's really class and she's um, like chomping at the bit in terms of... Um, getting out and playing she she was injured during the autumn um and has worked really hard on a rehab to be an awesome nick um in terms of just getting out and it was nice to hear um mids reflecting not on just Berner's running game because she is so physical and dominant in yeah. terms of she made a couple of line breaks and this one in the second half was even better the her side step off yeah. both feet which is unbelievable um but he also said how good she was in set piece yeah. and that's what you want fundamentally that's what you want from your front rowers they pop especially as a tighter they provide a pillar um for you not that i know um what that (laughs) even means um in the scrum but actually they provide that and then when you've got the additional running game um with the other players they've got in the pack then yeah um england are in a good place and i'd just like to give a little shout out to two players from the england side uh caris williams and um claudia mcdonald who made their first six nations debut caris williams obviously welsh though is she no she's english her name's Caris Williams, though. <laughs> she sounds very English. Claiming her. Um, <laughs> France, Scotland now. Scotland with a walking wounded going into that one in Paris. But I don't think men's. anyone... Men's, sorry. Uh, didn't expect France to pull that out of the bag. I did. Oh, all right. Um, but only because... Um, I can't remember the exact quote, but... Um, Gregor Townsend said to uh, in his interview before the game about how that there are teams. I think it was his, he said there's a team searching for confidence. Now, with regard if, to the French, yeah. And if you let any team that is in that position, if you start badly against a team like that, they're only going to get better. Yeah. Um, and what was really cool about the French was the halfback pairing, Dupont and Entomac. Yeah. I thought they were brilliant. Stars of the future, aren't they? Yeah, and the energy, the enthusiasm. What's worrying, actually, is in the um, in some of the pre-match interviews, um, we're talking about how he's been out with injuries, um, which is a slight concern when you hear of a young player yeah. having had a few knock-on injuries um, because you just want him to be in one piece. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so similar to Meg Jones, you know, she's a young player. She's had a huge amount of injuries yeah. to deal with. As soon as she's back playing, she's awesome. But it's, you know, is it... Keeping them fit. Yeah. Um, so that'll be key for France. But um, Dupont is just awesome. I thought he was... Um, I thought he was a scrum after the weekend. And uh, he managed the game, moved the French around the field um, really well. Some of his box kicks, like, it was under a huge amount of pressure. It was like in a training game where you know the ball squirts out and you just boot it yeah and then it's like I mean Dan Bigger did one to be fair he yeah. just booted it and I think he winked didn't he at whoever it was yeah. um Jonathan Davies I think being like god didn't mean that but it was a 60 meter spiral ball yeah. Brilliant. unreal um so yeah the French did well um the Scots will be half oh, to make that many unforced errors like a forward pass drop ball lost in contact Greg Laidlaw missed conversion um penalty sorry just just poor from yeah, the I'm actually side. I'm going up to Scotland camp this week to film with them for BBC so it'll be interesting to see what the mood is like there very interesting LJ very interesting one thing that how many times do you think I say interesting over the course I don't know if anyone wants to tally it up that is um, supporting this pod please the feel free hang- maybe it's the same as my, I haven't actually said the N word this morning have I no she hasn't yet if you don't know what the N word is then I'll probably say it yeah um, something that is interesting though um you I know were impressed with the quotes about Finn Russell's injury and the way that they're managing that as somebody who's had concussions in your career you were quite impressed yeah I've only actually had two concussions in my career and one was um, World Cup final well World Cup semi-final so I missed the final but um yeah to not bang on about it I don't agree with players playing club games in between Six Nations I know we've you slightly disagree with that, yeah. but as a player, as a play, as a senior player or a player that's playing over sixty minutes, so basically a starting, um, a starting member of your squad, it is it is so attritional trying to play in the Six Nations. It is brutal, and in particular in the men's game because the games and the women's. To be fair, they are all physical. Yeah. Um, however, um, yeah. So Finn Russell picked up a concussion, and he said that although he was looking fine and he was in a good place because of previous concussions, they wanted to give him a little bit of extra time. And I just think that there's huge respect there from him understanding why and the importance of why he needs more time. The medical team um, potentially insisting on that, yeah. um, but also the coaching staff supporting it and not rushing him back for a fixture that they would have wanted to go out and win um, and potentially targeted as a win in that campaign. So yeah. I just think it's really good. It's a really good message for everybody to remember that it's not about ticking boxes. It's not about, you know, there's a six day turnaround in an HIA because that's what's deemed as the minimum yeah but it is a minimum yeah and if you aren't okay you're not okay and if you need a bit of extra time especially you've had concussions before then you need to be looked after yeah um, because of the serious nature of of concussion so yeah well done um on that to scotland or to finn russell whoever was managing that in particular um but not so good on the performance yeah Taking it just back to um, this discussion that you and I have had previously about um, players playing in between matches. Now, Finn Russell has made the decision to go to Paris and play for Racing for lots of money. And that's why there's an expectation he's going to play between. I heard it's just because he wants to play some good rugby. If he'd stay, (laughs) and he's going to get coached through the end of the season by Dan Carter, which in a World Cup year 
will probably be invaluable. Average. Yeah. DC distinctly average. That doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Sir Clive Woodward came out and said that he thinks the Six Nations should be played over five consecutive weekends. As a former international, what do you say to that? Is he having a laugh? No way. I mean, to be fair, the two fallow weeks makes it a long campaign. Mm-hmm. Like it does as a player because you then in the weeks off batter each other from a team perspective. Yeah. Um, put a lot of the wrongs right in terms of... And well, luckily I'm not a forward and I, as much as we'd practice pick and go defence, which England I'm sure will do because they conceded to Wales in that yeah. sense from the women's. Um, I would try and avoid that at all costs. <laughs> Awful. Anyway, uh, or mauling. Oh God. Um, I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, that actually then can bring us around to the uh, France women's <laughs> game. Uh, France, Scotland. Yeah. Big crowd down in Lille. Great yeah. to see how well supported the women's game is in France. Yeah, they always are. I think, you know, they've got it right in terms of televising their um, club slash regional. It's not regions in France, is it? Or is it? I'm not quite sure. No. Anyway, they um, and they also televise games. Yeah. So Well, I'll tell you what just... else they got right. Playing rugby on the weekend, the French team were much improved from the performance that we saw. Uh, in... Yes and no. They're still not the French team that beat the Black Ferns, but then they're, they're not because they're missing their sevens players, they're missing um, a couple of others. So, from But they made more changes at halfback again. Two mm-hmm. years out from a World Cup, it does look like they're doing things sensibly and if, if things aren't working, like against England, they're making changes to improve things. So they might not be the French powerhouse that you want to see, but they certainly had improved on the performance the week before and that was what they'd said in their post-match as well. We wanted to show we're a better team than we were at Doncaster. Was because they were rubbish in Doncaster well, for forty minutes anyway. So um, I think the fact that they're trying different halfback pairings. I mean, Bourdain is class, not quite as classy. I keep saying class, but 
she is class. Yeah. Um, There's one thing you don't think is classy about her, though. No, I, why she wears her hair down, I can't, I don't know whether she's not very confident about her ears. I don't know. <laughs> I can't Maybe she's just her ears pierced. <laughs> I I don't understand. I genuinely don't understand it. The thought of having my hair down is just horrendous. It's like driving with your seatbelt off. That's really weird. No, you know, when something makes you feel uncomfortable, it always makes me feel like I'm driving with my seatbelt off. Do you know what I mean? No, because I don't ever do it without my seatbelt. No, I know, because (laughs) you wouldn't do it, just like you wouldn't play rugby with your hair down. Um... Apart okay. from that awful haircut. Yeah, anyway, so she um she has a <laughs> moving on. She's brilliant and I think in the French's eyes you can see that they want her to play scrum half and they're trying to work out who um is <laughs> I'm I'm chuckling because Koya, my dog, has just arrived with some bits to um, chew up. A piece of toilet paper in her mouth that um, she's trying to give to me. Oh she's gone. And what LJ didn't notice is as she stretched up to jump on her, she actually did a little fart. Oh. <laughs> so gonna... That is the glamour behind this podcast. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, Bourdain, I think the French like her as a scrum half. She changes the tempo of the game. However, against England, because the 10 wasn't playing well, um, she was just swarmed and she couldn't play her game they moved to 10 and played much better so it was interesting that they then put her back to nine again with a different 10 this week um with Kuder who played well um and I think it's at this moment we need to we need to mention the influence of my uh, column it's and the amazing podcast. it is amazing <laughs> that Nolly Waterman is such a, she walks this earth like a god when it comes to women's <laughs> rugby and her influence and after writing a full column about the lack of kicking in the women's game and the poor kicking in the women's game and then we talked about it last week on the podcast it was kicks galore all weekend for the women um yeah the french did a chip and chase and regather they did a kick to space regather they did an awesome cross field um, oh what for uh ian jason her name is spelled ian jason ian jason that was that was the first thing lj talked about when we were like what should we catch up about with regards to rugby Ian Jason, really and then you were like, Ian Jason. I was like, what are you talking about? But when you see it on a team sheet, you're like, they've, they've snuck an English bloke in here. <laughs> Ian Jason, I am Jason. It's going to run on with a pair of ankle ankle boots. Yeah. I feel like Ian Jason is be a great club player. Yeah, like Clubman of the Year. <laughs> he's like... Great family man. Yeah, 18th season. Um, he's had the same boots for like 10 years as well. Uh, drives a Volvo. <laughs> Volvo's a kid cars. Snore me later. Um, anyway, I reckon we should move on because there was another really good kicking display um, from the Irish women, but wasn't enough. They didn't, wasn't enough. They but didn't we, we do have Italians. to talk about that uh, Considine try, which opened the scoring for Ireland in Italy because... It was good. It, it was, was really good. And again, another example of talent ID and women being bought from other sports. So Ema comes from a GAR background. She played football and camogie. A what? GAR. That's the GAA. Oh, right. Okay. Gaelic Athletic Association. Ah. Um, and that... Every day is a school day? Every day is a school day. Her try was... It was Tommy Bow-esque. It had that... He was a leaping Monaghan footballer, I believe. Leaping salmon. Leaping salmon. Um, And yeah, beauty. Absolute beauty. And I think 
was it that one that was a penalty advantage or it was definitely the second cross field that yeah. we saw in, uh, for the Irish girls um, that was brilliant um, Ema also got a intercept try yeah. um, which I think will be something that um, hopefully the Italians address when they play the English um, because they got it from line speed um, so yeah I, but you know we're talking about the Irish they will be massively disappointed to not win um, I think they were 22 all at 50 minutes gone um the game ended 29 27 um to italy and that are we doing italy a bit of a disservice here they beat ireland no we are massively yeah no we are massively because the fact for me what was really impressive was the fact that they um like i've said fact a lot of times (laughs) they scored lots of points they scored 29 points and in the first couple of games they had created lots of opportunities but didn't get over the whitewash um, in the game against Wales. Created loads in the first half against Scotland, but didn't score. Um, they ran away with it in the second half. But yeah, they finished off some really nice tries. Um, there was one, one um, Barretin bought out the old Gregan ball. Oh, beauty. But it wasn't to a forward. It was to Furlatten, who's the fullback, came steaming through, yeah. stepped the cover defence, offloaded to Franco. The flanker who is just something else she was amazing bit of a tom croft goal hanger at times and then superb. 14 muzzo got on the end of it um scored a brilliant team try yeah um and well back try really when franco i mean she's like a back and she's she, the way like she the way she's out there um she's a steam train absolutely amazing i can't wait to see her i, I hopefully marley packer is still um fit because she'd picked up a knock um in the ireland game so missed the game against france but back playing played really and scoring well tries yeah played really well against the welsh um so i reckon packer v franco is gonna be brute on brute yeah. it's gonna be class and marley loves being out in the backs as well um, do you think anyone would have expected anyone in the world would have expected to see Italy second in that women's Six Nations table after three rounds no way Jose um they've done really really well I think it was always going to be um an interesting one with England France second because you'd expect those two to be one two all the way through on points difference or whatever um but yeah I all credit to them fair play they've still got quite a lot to do um watching them I just get really frustrated one of the parts of our game of England that we always work so hard on and I know Matthew Ferguson the forwards coach and now um it's Blaze they um look at ball presentation yeah and the work that and Giselle kind of hammers it at club in terms of the contact isn't done and your role as the ball carrier isn't done until the ball's left yeah. the breakdown. And they just don't manage themselves on the floor. Um, and that's how Wales kept in the game because they kept turning the ball over yeah. so easily. Um, so, yeah, I just want I just want them to just practice a couple of like roles or body movement or because it is something that you can learn. It is a skill yeah. um, that you can introduce uh, because they're going to need it against England. So let's move on to the Italy-Ireland men's game which nobody saw that first half coming, I don't think. <clears throat> no way. And they were actually really unlucky. Um, Carney got away with... I, well, I look back at the replay and basically one of the Italians, I can't remember who it was, basically made a line break, might have been to Baldi, and um, did a chip and chase. Carney, as the intelligent kind of senior fullback, turned and at the same time as he turned, he hit over the the chasing um, Italian now 
is he changing his line? Well, yes, because he's turning around. Did he turn the right way? Yes, of course, because he blocked the Italian coming. Yeah. Now that is intelligent play. You see a lot of players turn the wrong way and therefore have no influence on the, ch- on yeah. the chasing player. Um, I would have thought they would have gone to TMO. They would have yeah. checked it at least and potentially, I don't think there was, you know, definitely not yellow or anything like that, but I think Italy were unlucky for not having anything from that. Yeah. Um, Stephen they... Jones tweeted saying, Glenn Jackson thought Ireland were going to win this game and he's sticking to that. <laughs> Which I think was quite interesting because Italy just did not get the rub of the green at all, did they? Oh, they never seem to. They they are literally the opposite. Well, they're like every team when they play the All Blacks. So the All Blacks always seem to be like borderline, if not offside most of the time. They hold on at the breakdown. They do a bit more damage. You know, a bounce of the ball always seems to land in their... Like, do you know what I mean? And it's not being anti-All Blacks. It's just basically what happens. And the Italians were just so unfortunate. Um, There was one moment, actually, that I thought... Again, they didn't really show the replay and they needed a different camera angle. And maybe Glenn Jackson were giving him a disservice because he might have been in a better position than the camera angle we saw. But it looked like... um, Furlong had made a break and offloaded the ball because he was in a tackle and it cut the ball squirted out and it was caught by an Italian he deemed it to be a rip and therefore the Italian was offside yeah. because it had gone it had been ripped and gone forward now is that a good refereeing call when he hasn't used a TMO and he's just you know on a different camera angle or has he just made a decision that then ended up costing um costing the Italians I think seven points because yeah. they kicked it to the corner um, from the penalty, driving line out, and then Conor Murray went over. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are there are moments that um, have influenced the scoreline. But oh my god, absolute stinker! They scored a penalty. Right, Conor, Conor O'Shea is like, okay, cool, we've got points on the board. We're in Composure, a good place. Regather. Yeah, just catch the ball. You know, basics. It was like fumble central. The lifter went up, completely butchered it. He got dropped on... The jumper went on the floor. Um, Campagnaro, who's a really good rugby player, like was like juggling it, kicked it, like did a comedy miss kick. Um, Stockdale regathered, handed off a pathetic tackle attempt and scored. And you just think, Ireland haven't deserved that try. They haven't no. earned it. Yes, um, Sexton put it in a really great place just behind a lifting pod which actually is quite hard because you've got to move back onto it but these international rugby players yeah it's not like saturday afternoon rugby where you'd expect mistakes like that mm-hmm. um and they've got to be better so they did some really good stuff a couple of the, tr- the two tries were brilliant um i thought one of them would have been butchered um, <laughs> but i think it was morrissey yeah um, that ended up going over um in the end for one of them um and like their female counterparts, just showed more composure than they probably have done, which from a neutral and a rugby fan, you want to see. You want to see them converting all of the stuff that, and good stuff that they're doing um, because you can get too bogged down with some of the basic errors or some of the, like, the the things that they lose because they kind of don't get the rub of the green well we've been rabbiting on about rugby for quite some time now so before we wrap this up good job you love rugby love you could keep how long do you reckon you could genuinely talk about rugby i could talk about any subject for an indefinite amount of time 
I say an indefinite amount of time. I require eight to ten hours sleep a night. Could you so. talk about tabards? Yeah, probably. Do you remember on Big Breakfast when they used to have their chant, woman in a tabard, ooh, you're wacka, ooh, you're wacka. No. See, I told you I can talk about anything. Um, Big Breakfast. I love that. That was in a ha- It was like in a fake house, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it? amazing. And live and kicking. Yeah, it was I able. always, like my goal was to be, I sound like you then, goal. Goal. School. Um, my goal was to be on a, on a Saturday morning TV show, kids TV show. Genuinely, like I was um, fun house, whole lot of fun. Do you know where there were two one? kids from my school who school. went on fun house? Oh, shut the and door. And in like, you know, in school, you'd have like all of the international honours pictures would oh, be no, up please, on the wall. Please don't the picture of the went, two oh, kids God. on fun house with Pat Sharp was also up on the wall. <laughs> oh my God. If anyone listening to this pod went to Cowbridge Comp and knows who they were... Can you please tell me? Because it's urban legend that they went on to get married. And I just want to have that confirmed. <laughs> because it would make my life. It honestly would. I can't believe they're on the honours wall. Um, like, so I did um, Game Changers with Sky Sports yeah. a few years ago. And genuinely, I was so excited to be there. Far more than... I was like the, the sporting guest... And I had to do a coaching session. I basically was so... I was more impressed about being there than all the kids, I think. <laughs> I think they had to... I literally think they had to have a word for me and be like, um, can you okay, Nolly, can you calm down? <laughs> um, yeah. Such a tryhard. Which brings us on to, we want you to send the podcast your nominations for tryhard of the week. Or not trying hard enough. Or not trying hard enough. So, Nolly, I want to know who your tryhard of the week is. Who's tried really hard? So, I've got a couple. Okay. I've th- had, like, different angles. And this is why I'm going... This is why I've come up with different angles. So, first and foremost, I'm going to come up with Kate Alder. Okay. Kate is Wasps Ladies Club Captain. Um, she is an absolute tryhard when it comes to training. Loves it. Doing contact. She had stud marks all over on the weekend. She also put herself forward. We're doing tackle practice on um, some, to some crash mats. Um and she put herself forward for additional tackles so we could get some pictures for the gram. That is um, hashtag tryhard. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Courtney Laws because, oh my God, yeah, it hit me devastating he's injured because I really love watching him play. But wow, he tries hard when he tackles and his kick chase and then tackles, phenomenal. He's got go-go gadget arms. And happy 30th birthday for Courtney yeah. for Saturday as well. And last but not least. Who is it? Miss Laura Jane Jones. Ah, oh, yes. Um, and you're so happy about that, aren't you? Yeah. Do you know hard. why, though? Why? Because since we started this pod, ladies and gentlemen, I have had 53 million WhatsApp messages. I have been told, well, like, LJ has created Acast, has created iTunes, has created another WhatsApp group, has created Logos. I didn't create the other WhatsApp group. Michelle created it. Don't lie. Don't lie. Yeah, but you took part. As soon as it happened, you literally replied within, I reckon, it it didn't even, she didn't even finish typing. It was written on it. I put the hands up emoji as well. The blonde (laughs) girl with her hand in the air. Um, That's the try hard emoji. Yeah, but you had the girl with her one hand up. What about as a boy? Is there a boy one? No, but I mean, because it's you and me. Oh, right. Do you not think? No. 
Anyway, yeah. those are my three. So they would be my nominations. It's not an official one. Hopefully in the coming weeks, we will have an award that maybe we could send out to people. Yeah, or some um, sort of stash or stickers or something will yeah. get to you. Um, um, my not try hard of the week, I just want to bring this up. Or to try harder. Who needs to try harder. I want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's listened, especially my younger sister who has zero interest in rugby. But I just want to call my mother out who has admitted that she didn't listen to the podcast. Oh, sad, eh? That's not very fair. And should probably offer an apology to my dad who found out about my tattoo from last week's podcast. Hang on. Didn't you... What did you say about your mum getting a present off your dad? So my dad listened to last week's podcast where we obviously revealed that I had had a tattoo when we were in Australia. And uh, he said to my mum, did she really have a tattoo? And my mum said yes. And they had a bit of a discussion about it. My mum said, can I have a tattoo for my birthday? Which my dad replied no to. And she said, can I have an egg chair for the garden then? An egg chair? An egg chair. What's an egg chair? It's like an egg-shaped chair that goes in the garden. (laughs) Got you. (laughs) (laughs) Hate you. All right. All right, wasn't that funny? (laughs) Oh, God, whatever. Whatever. I set up that whole... Story she just because I wanted to happen. I've been Laura Jane Jones. And I have been Laura Jane's mate, Nolly. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.